Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, a place for healing and hope for couples impacted by betrayal resulting from infidelity and or sex addiction. Your hosts are Marnie Breaker and Dwayne Osterland, licensed marriage and family therapists, certified sex addiction therapists, and founders of respective treatment centers in Long Beach, Los Angeles, and San Diego, California. Marnie and Dwayne co-created Helping Couples Heal, a comprehensive program for couples recovering from betrayal trauma, including an in-person two-day workshop, an online aftercare program, and this podcast series is the first component of the program. Thank you for listening. Marnie and Dwayne are committed to helping you recover from the devastating impact of betrayal trauma and are honored to support you wherever you may be in your healing. If you've lost hope, you've come to the right place. Now, take a slow, deep breath, and let's begin with the Helping Couples Heal podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Helping Couples Heal podcast. This is Marnie and Dwayne, and we are here today to talk about a topic that unfortunately does not get talked about enough. And we realized recently in talking that we have not addressed this topic nearly as much as we should. What we want to talk about today are the male betrayed partners that are out there and suffering from betrayal by their partner. And we want to acknowledge first that they're out there and that they are suffering and that they need support as much as anybody else needs support. And we also want to talk a little bit about maybe why it's different for a male betrayed partner. Like what are the differences between a man who is betrayed by a partner and a woman who's betrayed by a partner? Because we see a lot of differences. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you're right to say that this is an area that we need to talk more about and even Helping Couples Heal needs to talk more about. Yeah. And in the past, we haven't put that out there. So this is part of us saying that we recognize that this is a real issue that needs to be addressed because, you know, the men suffer as well and have a lot of pain around betrayal. And I think one of the things that maybe makes it harder is that in our culture, men are taught to be strong. They can't show emotion. They're not supposed to have support. They're not supposed to need support. So they don't reach out as much and they don't get that support as much. And so we don't hear a lot about it. And I think there's some bias to think that men in general are the ones that are betraying right? But when we look at the research, it's actually pretty even. Men and women both betray their partners and both have infidelity in the relationship. And so, yeah, there's a lot of pain out there for men that doesn't get recognized. Yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking about this and male betrayed partners are a very underserved population. Yeah. The interesting thing is that when I was starting to work with betrayed partners many, many years ago, and I was in that group, as you know, of people that were really focusing on betrayed partner trauma. And I remember hearing over and over that betrayed partners were an underserved population. I used to say that regularly. Yeah. Right. And now I'm realizing betrayed partners are getting a ton of resources and support and attention, which is amazing. But male betrayed partners, are now the underserved population. And we need to change that just as we changed that other paradigm, right? There need to be as many resources, as much support. In fact, 
we know that there's very few, if any, um, groups. Actually, I do know of one clinician that does groups for male betrayed partners. But other than that, it's almost impossible to find a group for male betrayed partners. I'm happy to say that we're actually launching a group. I don't have all the details in this moment. You can find them at helpingcouplesheal.com. But we are launching a co-ed partners group that is welcome to anybody who identifies as a betrayed partner. Yeah, and I, I think we're making progress in that area to be able to help these men because we do hear from men who are reaching out to us more and more, and I think that's really good. I'm, I'm really happy that men are feeling safe enough to be able to talk about this hurt and this pain because I think that the trauma is the same for men and women. They may process the infidelity a little bit different in different ways, but still the pain is the same. The trauma is the same. The hypervigilance, the PTSD. The anger. The anger. Yeah, all of that is there. But you know, having that safe space for a man to come in and feel heard and being able to be vulnerable about it, which you know, in our culture as a man, that's just like, you don't do that. It's almost an unconscious bias. You just don't do it. And you don't even know you're not doing it, if that makes sense. You don't even know you're not reaching out. Right. Well, it's ingrained. Yeah, it's so ingrained. That's part of the socialization, right? We had Ted Bunch on our podcast uh, yeah. a few months ago, right? And that whole topic about toxic masculinity and the socialization of men. Men, sadly, are really told, be strong. Don't feel fear. Don't feel sad. You know, like yeah. man up, right? Man up. What does it mean to be a man? It's like, well, manning up means I'm not going to show emotion and vulnerability. And that is so, I mean, that really upsets me. That whole yeah. thing about, I mean, I talked about it with you and Ted when we did that interview. Like I have a little boy who's five and the thought of teaching him or anyone teaching him that it's not okay to be vulnerable or have feelings or to feel sad. That makes me so upset, but it also makes me really mad. Yeah, I get it. And I, I, as a man growing up in this, I mean, I've had to do a lot of my own work around that to be able to allow myself to be vulnerable and to express emotion, especially with other men. And it's still at times, even in my own life, can kind of feel awkward. Like you're, you know, I'm not supposed to express this. I'm just supposed to, we're just going to have man talk, which is we're going to talk about, you know, sports. Uh, and weather, and barbecuing, and, and technology, and technology. You know, and maybe this is also. I just want to acknowledge from my, you know, as a white heterosexual male, this is you know where I am. But it's so hard for men to reach out, and I, I think also, you know, when I when I see that too, it's like this epidemic of loneliness for men. Yeah, it's amazing to see our men's groups. When I see a group of men really like being vulnerable together about their pain and their hurt and their fears, it's an amazing experience because so many of these men, they've never experienced that before and they have no idea what it is. And I think when you are the one who's been betrayed as a man, I think it's even harder to reach out for help in some ways because of the stigma of just being weak, of not being masculine, of your partner having sex with somebody else that's not you as a man that makes you feel weak, not sexually adequate, all that stuff that comes up. And I know that comes up for women too in different ways, but I think for men, they, 
it's, you're not supposed to express that. Yeah. The, so both men and women betrayed partners do have a lot of shame. We actually did a whole podcast episode. Many of you might remember this one. It was on the shame of staying. Um, and a lot of female partners talk about a lot of shame about staying. And I've actually heard some male betrayed partners say the same thing. But I think that male betrayed partners often experience shame more so because of how, what you were just saying, Dwayne, how others will perceive them, that they're meant to be seen as sexually competent, sexually strong, sexually powerful, right? All of those things. And I believe that the shame comes from feeling like others are going to see them, as you said, sexually incompetent, or also that people are going to see them as relationally or emotionally inadequate. And in those events, that's what prompted their spouse to then go outside of the marriage and seek their needs with other people. And that creates a lot of shame. And, you know, and then the other thing I wanted to mention that's a bit different between men who have been betrayed and women who've been betrayed that I see a lot is oftentimes right after the betrayal, women will come, and we realize, by the way, this is a generalization. This is not always the way it is, but this is what I see consistently which is women, after they discover a betrayal, come in for help pretty immediate, right? Like we get people that will call us and say that this just happened, right? They just had discovery. What I find is that the men that do come to us for help who've been betrayed by a spouse or a partner have not come right away. There's been some time. And I think that that is because, again, from more maybe more of a biological standpoint or a socialization standpoint, men compartmentalize much better than women do. And so I think for a period of time, they use that compartmentalization skill to be able to not focus and maybe push their pain down and ignore their pain for a period of time. But they're human like anybody else. And eventually what's going to happen is that compartment's going to open up and they are going to experience all of those other symptoms that we'll see, you know, any betrayed partner experience or present with, you know, the, like you said, hypervigilance and all the different symptoms of trauma and PTSD and, and all that comes with the experience of being betrayed. And I think that comes back to the socialization of men, you know, to be a man and if you have vulnerable emotions that you're not supposed to express, you have to put them somewhere. So a lot of men end up putting them in a container, mm-hmm. right? And so here they have this trauma from a betrayal and all of these feelings of vulnerability. And what's their first go-to thing to do? Lock it away, turn it off, don't look at it, don't express it to anyone. Right. And, you know, go about your day and, and be strong. Yeah. Right. And then sometimes the way in which they may respond to that betrayal comes out of that compartmentalization when it starts to leak out and they can't do it. And it's just like, I just want to let men know out there, like, you know, reach out. We're really working hard to make a space for you and, and to find a way to help you because. Yeah, I mean, Marnie and I both know this pain is real and you're feeling it and it's heartbreaking and you deserve to have a space to process it. You deserve to have a space to process it. And I was just going to say you're not alone, but then I wanted to own up to the fact that it would make sense if you feel like you're alone, because I do feel that as a field, male betrayed partners have unfortunately, as I said at the beginning of this episode, not gotten the attention. You know, part of that again is that for a very long time, we didn't see male betrayed partners in our offices. Yeah, 
very rare. I'm happy to say that actually it's, we are definitely getting more and more betrayed partners that are male. I wonder if it's because they are hearing and, and in seeing, or maybe they're exposed more to other resources that are out there for betrayed partners. However, what they're seeing is resources specific to women who've been betrayed. And yeah. we want you to know if you're out there and you're in pain and you are a man and you have been betrayed by your significant other, that you are not alone. And I also really want to thank all the men out there who have reached out to us and said, what about me? What about the pain that I am suffering from betrayal? I just want to thank all the men that had the courage to ask for that and to give their voice. I so much appreciate all the men who have done that. Yeah. I want to thank you too. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. Thank you for asking for your needs to be met. Thanks for asking for support. And we do ask that everybody in this community recognize that betrayal does not come in one size. It does not come in one gender. It is something that can impact anybody. We also are going to focus more on women who betray because just like men who are betrayed, who don't get a lot of attention, oftentimes women who betray don't get a lot of attention. Gender doesn't matter. What we look like doesn't matter. Where we come from, how much money we have, none of that changes how we feel about betrayal. When we are betrayed by the person that we love the most, the person that we thought loved us the most, the person that we believed had our back, all of those things, when betrayal happens, it does not matter what your external life is like. What you have does not matter. What you have lost is what matters. And that's why pain from betrayal is such a universal experience. Thank you for trusting us. And you can reach out to us at helpingcouplesheal.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Helping Couples Heal podcast, where your healing is the number one priority. If you'd like additional resources about betrayal trauma or to learn more about the workshop, please visit helpingcouplesheal.com. If you're finding the podcast helpful, please support Marnie and Duane in continuing to reach others impacted by betrayal trauma by leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with someone you care about. Once again, thank you for listening. We're grateful for your trust and look forward to continuing to support you on your journey of healing.